A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. I don't even know what to get to first. Um, there's a lot that we want to do, and so much of it is fun. And then there's that one segment. That's just a joke because they're all fun. I was going to say, yeah. what segment? Yeah, we're not going to tell anybody. <laughs> They'll know when they're in it. Oh, this is that one he was talking about, mm-hmm. the one that we should have bailed on. Mm-hmm. No, there's no bad segments. The Repcolite Home Improvement Show, we've got 200, and this is episode number 288. Wow. Yeah. And there have been no bad segments. Well, we've that's got extreme. Now I don't trust anything you're saying. No, <laughs> Haley, you, you can take that. No, take it to the bank. No bad segments at all. I guarantee it. They've all got my stamp of approval on them. Yes. And this is another really good segment. And you can tell (laughs) by the wandering verbally that I'm doing. Let's get to important things. At the end of the show, we're going to give away a hint right for, for our big Christmas, Christmas contest. I'm really excited because these ones are sound ones. I think they're a little bit more fun. They're easier than the last hint yes, we gave away. We tried to be really, really... Heady. In, heady yeah. intellectual with our hints last week, and they bombed. <laughs> the segment was great. People did not get them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hint was a real loser. So we've got better hints this week. We're going to get to that. We'll explain our Christmas contest. We're going to have Dan Altina, president of RepcoLite, in the studio with us, making a huge RepcoLite announcement. Kind of like the biggest ever. The biggest ever of all time. Very cool news. Probably going to give us an award for 288 excellent shows and however many segments that boiled down to. We'll have to wait to see if that's what we're getting. We'll also be helping you fix your dryer. My dryer quit working a couple of weeks ago. And after a fair amount of panic and online searching, I discovered five main things that can go wrong. And those are great places to start. We've taken all of those, condensed them, and we'll walk you through all of that. Right now, though, let's talk about Christmas and let's talk specifically about Angel Tree. Yeah, we've got them in our stores. If you don't know what they are, they're Christmas trees with these little tags on them that represent a child in need. So they'll say, you know, boy, age six. Mm Mm-hmm. That child needs Christmas right. toys. Right. These, these are kids who will likely not have presents at all this year. Right. And this is how we get involved as a community. There are kids in our community right. that we can help. I know that um, we were talking to some people and they were saying that this year the need is greater than ever any, before. Right. Even during the year. pandemic and all of that. Really sad. They're actually turning people away at this point. They cannot supply any more gifts for the families. And it's been closed down. So really, if you have the ability to to help this year, it's a really good year to do that. Right. Now, Angel Tree has trees all over the place. Haley mentioned that we've got them at our stores. We've got them at four of our locations. Right. We've got them at the Broadmoor Avenue store, the Fulton Street store, both of those in Grand Rapids. 17th Street in Holland. Right. And then our 84th Street store in Byron Center. Yeah. So you can go there, but you can go anywhere, really. We just want to see those tags go Get them off the trees. You buy a present and bring it back unwrapped with the tag taped to it and drop it off at any of these Angel Tree locations. And then 
all of those presents will get delivered to the to the right spot right before Christmas, and then the Salvation Army kicks in, and they divide them all up and get them out to the kids in need before Christmas. So really cool. It is really cool. Now I know that in our community we're a very giving community. Yeah. And I know most everybody out there is generally participating in some certain charity. You know, as Christmas approaches, it's like, a big it's thing. It's that for us. time of year, right? But, this is the time of year that we think of these things. It's in our face. We feel compelled mm-hmm. to give, and I think that's great. But it's really this need doesn't go away after Christmas, right? So remember that. But by all means, even if you've got something else that you're doing, if you can find a way to work one extra thing in this angel tree thing, is a really, really great opportunity to feel like you made a difference in somebody's life. And one thing to remember is when you go and look at the trees, a lot of them will have tags. That will reference younger kids. Yeah. And then there's teens on there. Angel teens, they call them. Really important to know that the angel teens sometimes end up getting left out a little bit because it's easy to buy stuff for the kids. People don't know what to get for teenagers. their siblings are getting stuff. Grab those too. Don't forget about those. Don't just zip pie them. Uh, You can get gift cards, things like that. Right, exactly. We're going to put links in our show notes and at RepcoLite.com that has a number of, you know, just some information as well as some gift ideas. Right, exactly. Things like that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be fixing your dryer. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, and we're back. And Haley, let's talk about a near fiasco that I experienced a couple of weeks ago. It was a close call. It was a close call, yes. And I was really, really proud of myself uh, because I fixed my problem. See, my dryer quit working. I was overzealous with my bummer. yeah with my drying. I had a couple of loads that I wanted to dry, and I decided why not put everything in at once. No. I can still get it in because no. I can push it in. It should spin right, and it turns Dan, out yeah. You've been reading about good laundry practice. Well, I have not gotten to the chapter on not overstuffing the dryer. <laughs> I stuffed that thing like a Thanksgiving turkey, and I couldn't. You know, it worked for a few minutes, and then it quit working. And I walked through the room and I noticed a a very funky smell. Now, the laundry usually has its share of funky smells, but this was different. (laughs) Smelled like rubber on fire. Oh, good. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good clue. (laughs) A bit of a panic. The dryer wouldn't work. I couldn't get anything going. And I assumed that because I was overzealous and tried Mm -hmm. to do too much too fast, I had destroyed the dryer. For sure. That's what I told myself. I figured, there goes Christmas. It's all over. There goes Christmas. Yep. We're, we're down to handmade presents now because there's oh no gosh. money left. I've got to buy a dryer. Told all the kids that. And once the tears so quit, <laughs> we started thinking logically and trying to assess the situation. Yeah. And as I worked through, I, I decided it's probably not toast. You know, the dryer's probably okay. It's just the motor that's probably shot. Definitely not toast. <laughs> right. So then I thought it's at least not $1,000, but right. it's still probably looking at, you know, six, seven hundred bucks. Then I thought, I did a little more digging, and I discovered my belt was broken, but the the thing still wouldn't go on at all. There was just nothing to it. It's plugged in. It's all of those things. Still won't work. So I knew the belt was part of the problem, but I knew I was unable to fix it at that point. I knew because there were other things wrong. So I'd still have to get a technician out there. So now I'm down to about 200 bucks or so that I'm going to have to pay. All right. Long story short, I did a little research, more research, and I discovered the problem was just the belt. 
replace the belt for $16.23 or something like that. Well, it's good that you got the cents in there. It's really important. <laughs> don't want to round it to 16. That would be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to lie. I want people to know. Yeah, it was so crazy and expensive. An hour's worth of my work. The dryer's humming along, and now I load it correctly. All right. So all of that happened. I was really proud that I figured it out yeah, and, and got it fixed. It. And what I want to do here is basically take all of the the five key things. Like the most common Yeah, issues. yeah. And let's put them all into one place. Now, I know that it's probably not terribly likely that somebody tuned in thinking, I hope they address my broken dryer right now <laughs> on the show today. So this is probably not happening to most people out there right now. You're not dealing with this. But put this in the back of your mind. Remember that on the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, they expounded on the five different things that could be wrong with your dryer this that you can exists. fix. Right, right. Find it as a podcast. Find it on the YouTube channel. Yep. And you can have all of those points archived forever. Right. And you will never have that complete freak out moment. Right. Now, let's get to it. So your dryer quits working. What in the world do you do? Panic. Yes. (laughs) Panic is first, and everybody understands that. The next step is to start with the obvious stuff. Is it plugged in? Oh, yeah. That. I know that's dumb, but well, I, maybe it got jostled. You never back know. There I, sh- I was sure hoping. <laughs> I was praying, please let this not be plugged in. So check that. Is it plugged in? Is the breaker has that tripped? Right. Um, is the dryer overloaded? I uh-huh. knew mine was, and I thought, okay, maybe if I take everything out, it will It'll just work again. Yeah, I even had that pathetic moment where I took everything out and tried to turn it on, and then I even tried to spin the drum manually to see if that would just coax it into working. <laughs> It's not a Model T. You know? I don't know what I'm thinking. But I was hoping, you know, is it overloaded? Is there an obstruction? That was the next thing. I was crawling around inside wondering if something fell out of somebody's like pocket. You were in the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm little. I can fit. I mean, that is a benefit. I mean, all these tall people who make fun of my height, I can go places. Oh, I can, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's way easier to be small. It's easy to hide. It's easy to do things. I never worry about leg room. But yes, I yeah. got into the dryer looking. For, well, I don't want to get the wrong idea. I wasn't completely. <laughs> I had a large portion of myself hanging Let's out the other clear. side. Yeah. But anyway, look for those things. If it's not any of those things, and chances are it's not going to be, you're going to have to dig deeper. Now, the very first thing to look at, because it's the easiest, and maybe it's this. Maybe you'll get lucky. Sure. Check for a defective door switch. Okay, yeah. Because if the door closes and it doesn't close all the way, it's not going to turn on, right? Well, yes. Yeah, so actually... Make sure the door is closed all the way. Okay. And then try turning it on because maybe you just didn't have it closed well. But yes, it's got to be closed tight and it will trigger a switch. It's a safety mechanism that will allow the dryer to to go on. So make sure the door is closed tight. But if it was, now you got to open it up and somewhere on the inside rim of where the door closes, you'll see a little black switch or whatever, a little white plug. Yeah. Whatever your model has, there's some sort of mechanism there. And look to make sure that it's not broken. Some of them have a little lever Mm -hmm. dangling down. Mine did. And sadly, mine was not broken. (laughs) I was hoping for something easy. So if it's not physically broken, it could still be faulty or defective. Okay. So you've got to get a multimeter. It's a tool that really, it's got a lot of uses. We've talked about it on the show before. A lot of uses around the home. They're very inexpensive, but it will help you determine whether these components are working. Yeah. So you get a multimeter. And you've got to go online, again, with your model number and figure out how to access that switch That switch on the door, right? Make sure you unplug your dryer before you do any of these things. <laughs> unplug the dryer, access the switch, 
and you should be able to test it with the multimeter to see if there's continuity, see if it's working. If it is, it's not the switch, wah, you can wah. move on to the next thing. If it is the switch, there you go. Buy a new one, put it in, you're good to go. All right, let's say it's not the switch. What are you going to do then? Well, then you've got to look for a broken drive belt. And this and turned this out— is what yours was, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that the drive belt would do everything— that it does on mine. I saw the broken belt, yeah. but I assumed that even though the belt was broken, the motor should still go on. Like something should happen when you push the When button. I push the switch and yeah. nothing was happening at all. And I figured, okay, yes, I've got a broken belt, but I probably have a broken motor as well or a dead motor. Sure. And the more I thought about that, the more, you know, really, anytime you're troubleshooting with anything, if you find a major problem... Even if it doesn't make sense to you that this could yeah. be the thing that's causing everything to break down, you've it's already— It's probably the thing. <laughs> it's probably the thing. There's it, The chances of multiple things piling on top of each other— Yeah, all at once. Right. Unlikely. Not impossible, but unlikely. And I told myself that. Wait a minute. Maybe the belt, maybe there's some sort of mechanism. Well, it turns out the drive belt loops over the drum, okay? It's a little narrow belt, loops over the drum, and then it goes around an idler pulley before it connects to the motor. Okay. In a lot of dryers, that idler pulley is connected to a belt switch, and the tension of the belt engages the switch. When the belt breaks, the switch is disengaged, Okay. and it turns everything off. So nothing happens, which is exactly what you're experiencing. Right. Now, some dryers don't have this. They'll even hum... You know, like I was expecting, they'll hum yeah. and all, all that, but the the drum won't turn. In either case, you got to unplug the dryer. All right, so you open it up, look yeah. for a broken belt. If you see a broken belt, look for that idler pulley, and reach in again, asking a child or somebody responsible, is the dryer unplugged? Make sure you get an <laughs> affirmative on this, and then reach in and see if you can move. See if that pulley is on an arm right. that will move up. Like if the belt were there, putting pressure or tension on it, Okay, will it move up and you'll hear it click? When I heard mine click, I realized it's a switch, just like they said it was going to be potentially, and that's got to be my problem. Once I get a new belt on and get that installed, the switch will engage like it's supposed to. How long did it take you to actually replace the belt? It took me an hour. That is it. And that That's is with putting the screws and stuff on the floor, which is really not recommended. I put them on the floor by my feet. And oh, I, put, I put yeah. them a little bit further away because <laughs> I thought, I'm going to just kick them. Yeah. And the very first thing I did right after I slid them away is dropped my screwdriver. And it hit them and knocked three or four of them under the washer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I moved them into the living room. This is great. And I put them on the lint screen because I thought, I'll just set them on this lint sure, screen in the middle of the living room. They're right. somewhere else now. Right. So I got everything fixed and I'm vacuuming and cleaning it because oh. that's what you need to do when you you know, yeah. do all of this. You might as well clean it out because they're horrible inside. You'll be surprised. You'll like be embarrassed. Lint. Right. And then you'll be compelled by what? what am I looking at? It's very interesting. Anyway, clean that out. I went into the living room and there was a bunch of fuzzies around the lint screen. I thought, I'm going to just oh zip that right. Yeah, vacuumed all my screws right up. Oh my gosh. That's okay. They were in the vacuum. I could get them right back out. <laughs> so anyway, put your nuts and bolts and all your pieces as you take them apart into cups or Tupperware and set them far away. Yes. Free tip for Far, them. far away. <laughs> all right. So check for the belt. That's the next big thing. A third big thing to look for is potentially that there's a blown thermal fuse. And basically all dryers since the 80s have these thermal fuses on them. Okay. It's basically a little one to two inch piece of plastic with some wire leads. Sure. And it's normally installed on the exhaust duct. And yeah. what it's here for or there for is to detect overheating. If the dryer's so overheating. it like doesn't catch on fire or right, something. It trips. If it trips, it's toast. You can't just reset it. 
And That's kind of a bummer. It's a bummer, but they're not expensive. Um, they're pretty it's easy like they to fix. That like a yeah. dryer people out there listening, I think you should make it so that you can reset. Well, good luck with that, guys. <laughs> Haley, once she's got something in her head, she's pretty tenacious. So that she'll, seems like a doable thing. If I were you, I'd get it fixed because Haley <laughs> will be all over you. But in the meantime, what you need to do is access that. Look for your model online. Figure out where, where to do that on your model. Most of them are going to be from behind. Make sure it's unplugged. Right. Locate that thermal fuse. Use your multimeter again to make sure... Is it working? Right. If it's not, it's really, really simple. It just unscrews. You take a couple of wire leads off, unscrew it, remove it, put a new one in place. That's pretty easy. Screw it in, put the leads back in, and you're good to go. Wow. So one thing to remember with that, though, before we move on, is if it tripped, likely it's a ventilation issue. So clean out the ducts and stuff before turning clean it back on. Clean <laughs> those ducts off. <laughs> yeah, that right? makes sense. Yeah. All right. So blown thermal fuse. That could be another option. One more. That's that's on the still on the good side of things could be the on off switch. Oh, sure. Right now, yeah. the dryer hums when you push the switch. That's it's a no go there. It's not the switch. So it needs to be like dead. Like yeah. nothing's happening. You push when I it push and nothing's happening. So at all. maybe that could have been your problem. It could have been my problem. Was I was hoping it would be. And to get at the switch, I'm not going to go through all of that. You look again for your model online, but you can remove that control panel on the top. It doesn't okay. look like you could. But you can. There's little pressure switches and springs and stuff that you can activate. And your model gotcha. will tell you how to do that. I mean, there's tons of great videos out there. And unplug it. Access that control panel. Then you've got um, behind-the-scenes action on that <laughs> <laughs> on that power switch, that on-off switch. And you can test it with your multimeter. Again, if yes. If you've got continuity, wah, wah, it's not the switch. Right. But you've had a number of things to look at. One last consideration that we've got time for is the motor. Well, that yeah. seems like a big one. Yeah, if the, re if the dryer won't get going, it, maybe it hums, it does all of those things, but it won't do anything else. Yeah. It could be the motor. I mean, check all the other things, but if it's the motor, you're probably going to want to get a, a, a professional out there. Yeah. Yeah, have them That's take a look a at it. Most of these repairs can be really simple. And you're going to feel like a million bucks when you pull it off. Yeah, because all of these parts have sounded fairly inexpensive, right? Right, right. My, Like I said, $16.23 or something like took that. Took you an hour. Right, took me an hour. I vacuumed up all the screws. I mean, I had a lot of... A lot of hairy stuff along the way True. that we encountered, but that's because that's how I work. And I work fast. And, and recklessly. <laughs> recklessly. And, you know, for me, I'm still proud of the fact that I got this thing up and running. And I've told you all of those things on air. You don't have to tell people. Yeah. You can just tell them that you fixed your dryer. Right. Or whatever it is. And feel proud. It's got a problem. So anyway, log this in the back of your mind. Remember, if you run into some dryer problems, the Repcolite Home Improvement Show has a few things to get you off on the right track. Maybe figure it out. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break, Haley. And then when we come back, we'll be in the studio with president of Repcolite, Dan Altina, with the biggest news Repcolite's had. Kind of ever. Of all time. Womp, womp, womp. That's terrible. That sounded like a bad noise. I know. It started like something it's like good. It's, it's like we're closing. <laughs> it's good news. It's coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. And Haley and I are in the studio with Dan Altina, president of Repco Light Paints. Dan, 
We're glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Big yeah. news. Big, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the, the, the royal <laughs> the us. Royal. Right? Right. The royal us, yes. the royal we. Yeah. Think a lot in those terms. <laughs> We're glad to have you here, Your Honor, Your Majesty. <laughs> um, no, we got huge news. Repcolite has, it's got to be the biggest news the company's had Maybe, Maybe ever. forever. Maybe forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. so we yeah. just acquired five new stores. That's correct, yeah. The Technicolor Paints in Metro Detroit, Metro Detroit area. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that, dig into that, kind of figure out what that means for everybody, if that means anything, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. It means nothing. No, it, well, you know, how does it impact <laughs> listeners here and customers here? Does it? All yeah. of that stuff. You know, people will have questions. Before we get to that, though, I guess I want to start with a, a first question is just basically you took over how many years ago as president? I became president in 2007. Okay. When you came on, how many stores did Repco Light have? Do you remember? Well, in 2007, we acquired two. So in 2006, we had five. And then in 2007, it turned to seven. Okay. So then you take over and... Amongst all your other goals, I'm assuming that acquiring more stores was a big part of that, or is this just something that's kind of happened or you've evolved into? Um, it, it's been deliberate, but at the same time, it's also been um, something that is when the opportunity presents itself, then we sure. take a look at it. You know, So uh, obviously, it takes both things. Yeah. So the first two that we acquired, that was Port City Port Paints. Port City Paints and Snyder Paints in Indiana. All right. All right. So we got those, and then it's been a little bit. We put some new stores in, Yeah. but acquiring an, an entire branch that's already been functioning for a while Yeah. that we haven't done since 2007. Correct. So now we find Technicolor Paints. What in the world brought that onto your radar in the first place? Well, what brought it onto my radar was that we had been investigating the possibility of uh, using uh, moving into the Detroit market with our wood finishes distribution, which okay. maybe a lot of customers don't know about, but we do a lot of things with kitchen cabinets, furniture, sure. that, those kind of customers. And um, there was some opportunity in Detroit, so we decided let's look into this. Mm -hmm. There's a person involved that we were interested in talking to. And so we just began those conversations. And one thing led to another. And before I know it, I'm talking <laughs> to the Benjamin Moore people about this. And they said, oh, you know, strange you should mention that. You know, you're looking for some bricks and mortar in Detroit. Well, there's a dealer in Detroit that's thinking about, you know, leaving the business, retirement. Sure. And so it all kind of just came together. It was so how about those. five of them? <laughs> yeah, right. And honestly, that was made it really attractive, too. Yeah. Because it's one thing to come into a large community and have a small presence. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's a lot more attractive, honestly, to come mm -hmm. into a large community with a large presence. Yeah, so, well, that makes so sense. So talk about Technicolor a little bit. You know, what are they like? What's, you know, the whole bag over there? So they're a lot like Repcolite. Other than they're not a paint manufacturer. You know, they're a chain of retail stores that sells Benjamin Moore. Sure. Um, they've been around since 1997. Um, and honestly, most of the people in the business have either been there from the beginning or since before it started. Wow. I mean, <laughs> so that's a really good sign. Yeah, yeah. You there's a lot of long-term employees, and uh, they're all great people. The ones I've met so far, we've had a lot of good conversations, been really enjoyable, and they just feel a lot like uh, it's very comfortable. Mm -hmm. it, it's um, a lot like what you'd see when you walk into one of our stores. You know? Did you expect that? 
Kind of, because I knew that there was a fair bit of, you know, uh, a lot of experience there. And generally, you end up with people that want to be in the paint business, you know, that are in the paint business. Yeah. And and that's what happens here in West Michigan. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great foundation. It's a great way to, you know, start a company or totally. continue a company. So that was extremely attractive and really makes it worth doing. If we had to open five new stores with yeah. no staffing, especially in this current, you know, employment I environment. I can't even imagine. It would be very, very difficult. Yeah. And so now what we get is, you know, not only these five locations, but all this talent and all these great people. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the gold right there. Oh, yeah. It's and the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Benjamin Moore dealers, they don't make their own line of paint. Are they That's going correct. to get Repcolite paint? Is that something down the road that, perhaps? That will come down the road. There's some pieces that need to come together for that to happen. Um, you know, we have to have the right tint machines and color chip racks and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, what we've experienced in the last few years with the stores that we've opened uh, here in West Michigan, the vast majority of what we're selling is Benjamin Moore products. You know, the Repcolite products, again, things like uh, industrial wood finishing. Sure. You know, a lot of customers don't realize that we even make these things. Um, that's a majority of what we make in our factory now. It's like specialty products. Correct. Yeah. Th that doesn't mean that we won't have architectural things in these stores in Detroit. Let, but not to start with. Again, we'll let the you know customers decide that for us. We're in the studio with Dan Altina, president of Repco Light Paints, and we're talking about Repco Light's recent, you know, within the last couple of weeks or so, recent acquisition of the Technicolor paint stores in the Metro Detroit area. And Dan, I want to get to you know what that might mean. Does that mean anything for our customers here? How does it impact anybody out here? But before I get to that, I, I guess I want to start with how much bigger was this process than you anticipated it being? I'm very thankful that um, the Technicolor's owners and staff have been so nice and so helpful. And there's a lot of moving pieces. There's just <laughs> so many things to figure out. And right now we're at the open enrollment time, like when we're getting new health care sure. plan and uh, all these things have to come together, and you know we're we're shooting for January two to make this transition complete. And of course, there will be many details that quick. have to be attended to after that. But um, we're hoping that at least that will be the official date that things will get kicked off. And yeah, there's many many details. I know, I know. It was <laughs> a loaded question. I knew where you were going to go with that for for the most part because every time we talk. I mean, there's just you know twelve new things that that you, that crop up that you think I, I never even considered that as right. to you know figure out ahead of time, even down to logos on little notepads that they've got in the store yeah. or order forms and stuff because these are not going to retain the Technicolor name, correct? This, correct. These are going to yeah. become Repco Light stores. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, it's a so, lot. There's a lot of layers. A lot of layers. A <laughs> lot of stuff. It's like an onion. It's a really exactly. big onion. Yeah. <laughs> Some tears involved, but maybe they're all tears of joy, right? Yeah, so far I think that's what it's been. Yeah, it's been really fun. We met some of the people. I've met a few. You know, Kevin Westfall, he's the general manager. Correct. Yeah. yeah Great guy. Talk to him. And, yeah, it's surprising. They don't have a marketing team. 
right? They do now. (laughs) Well, they do now. But the old one, which was Kevin, really was doing really good. It's a little intimidating for us. Yeah, I know. Look at all the things that they've done so well. So we're excited to get to, you know, get that going. How does this play out for our customers here? I mean, are we going to see dramatic raises on prices and stuff like that? No, nothing's going to (laughs) change along those lines. Well, you know, whenever the dentist puts in a new parking lot, all of a sudden, (laughs) wow, it was more expensive last time. I don't remember this being $4,000 for a visit, but it makes sense. The parking was great. That's not going to happen? No, (laughs) I I can't foresee that happening. Um, You know, we've had a lot of price increases over the last couple of years. I can't say that it for sure won't happen, but it won't happen because Because of of this this acquisition. Why have we had price increases? We just threw that on the table. Not everybody's aware of all this stuff out there. I mean, there's a lot of reasoning behind some of this. Yeah, it's the same as why things are more expensive at the grocery store. You know, it has to do with the production of things. It has to do with transportation. You know, it's, uh, you know, cost of labor has gone up. It's crazy. It's a lot of things. I know uh, Victor, who is our plant manager, Mm -hmm. who oversees the making of all the Repcolite products, is here visiting us every now and then just because he needs to get away because He's trying pulling to his hair out. just track yeah. down ingredients is yeah. crazy. Yeah, so it's a nonstop. It's that's, been nonstop for two years. That's where some of that increase has come from, but it's not going to come from this. No. How else but, does this play out for our customers? Well, I would say that customers that have family and friends on the east side of the state now can um, have they can have conversations about their decorating and get the same products from the same company. Yeah, that's kind of fun. <laughs> the thing I see happening is is a, you know I think what we're doing here in our stores has been really good. You know, customer service wise, all of that's been really positive, but. Technicolors is also doing really good, and they're doing certain things that are slightly different or things that are new that we're thinking about, Haley and I. Adopting. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. only going to benefit customers here right. as well as there. You know, I think that's going to be really fun to tap into, you know, just more learning. There's more experience. Yes. They, they've learned certain things, brought certain programs to play that have played out really well for their customers that right. we're excited to implement here. So I think that's going to be really fun, too. I think one of the things that they're particularly good at is reaching out to their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, they do; they're very actively involved in the communities with fundraisers and benefits and all kinds of interesting stuff like that. And we're definitely going to take a page from their book on that. So, what's Don't next for Repcolite? Now that you've acquired these five stores. What are you doing after this? Where are we going next? Disney World? Do we want to hit next already? Boy, I think next we should let the dust settle. I think that's what everybody wants to hear, you know, because we got to sort this one out first. Yeah, this will take us a little while. You know, last time we did these acquisitions in 2007, as you mentioned, um, we were immediately met by a very severe downturn in the economy. Oh, maybe that's I, next. I, I, right. <laughs> maybe that will be our challenge. Oh, well, the same trend, I, huh? I hope not, and I should knock on some wood, but, yeah. uh, you know. Um, you do that, and the cameras will shake, and the YouTube thing yeah. will be. People get motion sick. A Just knock on wood figuratively. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I we'll wait for that next opportunity to present itself and then take a good look at it. Who knows what it will be? Yeah. I really have no idea at this yeah. point. It's really cool. It's really fun. We didn't know this was coming up. I mean— it's kind of, is this a this year thing that you stumbled into? You hadn't been looking at this for a I while. I started, you know, we started serious conversations in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. 
So who knew? Who knew last yeah. year at this time? Right. It's a lot. Exactly. How crazy we'd be <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this time of the year. And, you know, I think we're well positioned for this because we have a lot of the pieces in place. We have a marketing right. team. Right. You know, we have a really, really good staff. marketing team. They're awesome. <laughs> right. You know, we have an IT department. We have an HR department. And this is a thing that a lot of... You know, maybe people don't realize that Benjamin Moore stores are all independently owned. Right. And so it might be that an owner only has one store. Well, then it's really difficult for that person to wear all those hats. Absolutely. Especially and then grow their business, you know. Which is so, kind of what they have to do is wear all of oh, those hats. Oh, absolutely. They're yeah. They're not investing in a, a giant team for a single store. So when you've got that, it's overwhelming, I'm sure. But oh, it also yeah. limits you to some degree. Correct. And so we're in a situation now where we have all those pieces in place and we're, we are, we've positioned ourselves well for growth, I would say, in the last few years. You know, we were, we we're kind of setting ourselves up for this moment, even yeah. though we really didn't realize this was it around was the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's really so. exciting. This makes us what? The biggest? Um, biggest Benjamin Moore dealer in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. In the whole state of Michigan. Pretty cool. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Including the Upper Peninsula. We don't have any stores there, but. <laughs> <laughs> We're claiming them anyway. <laughs> right, right. We'll drive we'll up and put, put a one flag up there. in the ground. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll have more information on our website, on social media pages, and all of that coming up soon as more details start to solidify. But we wanted to get that news out there because it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. Dan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be dishing out a couple hints for our big Christmas giveaway. If winning 500 bucks sounds pretty good to you, you're going to want to hang around for that. That's just around the bend. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And Haley, we've got a million things to do. We're going to talk about our Christmas contest. Yes, we're giving away some big prizes. You could win a $500 Visa gift card, you could win a $250 Visa gift card. Or you could win $250 to Repcolite. So we're going to let you know how to enter and what you need to do. And we're going to give out some hints yes. that will make it easier for you. That's all coming up at the end of this segment. So hang tight. Right now, though, let's talk about touch-up painting. This time of year, we're having guests over. We're looking at our house a little more critically mm-hmm. than we have <laughs> in the past. And we're realizing there maybe is a lot of scuffs and a lot of things like that on the walls. And we really don't have, you know, at this time of year. No How many people repainting. have time to repaint? Right. right. It's a huge project to jump into. We don't want you to have to do that. If you want to touch up the walls, we can help you get there. Yep. But it is a bit of an art. Right. There and are some things that are going to make it more successful. Yeah. So let's start with the very first thing is the, the really big, here's hoping, boy, this would be great if it worked thing. And it's just wash the walls. Yes. You never know. Give them a really good clean. Maybe you could get away with that. There are magic erasers, Mr. Clean Magic Erasers, yes. that will dull your paint a little bit. Yeah. But maybe it will be just enough to get you by. Effort. Right, a last-ditch effort. So think about that. Clean the walls. If that doesn't work, now it's time to touch up the walls. 
And let's talk about a couple of the mistakes that people make. And the very first mistake, the most common mistake made right. when touching up is using the wrong applicator. Exactly. I think when we're rolling a wall out, we're using a roller, right? It's a giant surface. So, of course, I'm going to roll the paint out. But then when we go to touch up, we're just doing a tiny little area. And so we just grab a brush because that's going to be quick and easy and small. Seems like it. But you've got to use the exact same tool because if you don't, the different texture that the tool leaves, if you use a brush on a rolled wall, it can actually leave a texture that shows up visually different, makes the color look different. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but it really does make all the difference. So use the same tools. If you rolled that wall, Wooster has jumbo coders. Their jumbo coder system sounds like they'd be, yeah, it sounds like they'd be enormous products, but they're actually little tiny roller covers and stuff. What makes them cool is that each roller cover in the jumbo coder system has a counterpart that it directly matches in in the bigger system. Right. The normal roller system. So the fabrics are the same. The texture that it leaves behind is the same. It's just a little tiny version version of it. So really cool to use there. Make sure you're doing that. If you've got a super tiny spot, you can get by by using a little Q-tip. Oh, yeah, like a little Barbie roller. (laughs) Yeah, you just kind of spin it with your fingers, and that will actually look like a rolled texture on the wall. So that can get you by for little tiny spots. You don't want to do a big area with that. That'd be dumb. The other thing that people do is even if they're using the right tool, is they're applying too much paint when they do. And this is a problem because if you've got too heavy of a coat of paint going on, you can actually, again, change the color slightly. Mm -hmm. It's going to look a little bit shinier if it's super thick coat. And that's not ideal either. Yeah. So a little bit of paint, start in the middle, the center where the problem is, feather it out, less and less paint as you go. Right. And if you have to do another coat, do another coat. It's way better than trying to make it all work with one. Exactly. Blend it. Blend it. The last (laughs) thing is just be patient. Yes. And what I mean by this is a lot of times you will put paint on the walls. And we've had people come into the Mm -hmm. store who've touched up some spots, come in and tell us, we've got the wrong color. I've got the wrong paint. I need a color match to this. We get them a color match. They go home and find out that all those spots have dried. Yeah, they've (laughs) all disappeared because they've dried down. Paint deepens, darkens as it dries typically. You know, it's definitely going to change as it dries down. Make sure you've given it time to dry down. And if you think you already have, maybe give it just a little more time to make sure it's not going to be something simple like that. If you do have touch-ups to do, there's we just can't get into all the things we'd like to talk about in this little segment. But if you do have touch-ups or any kind of paint project that's on your horizon, stop out at any Repcolator Port City Paints. Tell us what you're doing, and we'll get you the, the help you need. Yes. And while you're there at any Repcolite or Port City Paint store, make sure you're looking around because in each store, they've got a Christmas display with a cardboard cutout in there. Yes, they've got some unique characters visiting their stores. Each one has a different cardboard cutout. And right now, the way that you enter our big Christmas giveaway is by matching each store with their cardboard cutout. Right. We've got an entry form at repcolite.com. You just go to the Repcolite homepage. Right there on the homepage, we've got a banner, a Christmas contest. Click that. That'll bring you to an entry form, and you've basically got 10 questions. The Lakewood store has which cardboard cutout? You just choose the one from a dropdown, and you're good to go. Now, we know that not everybody is going to travel to all the different Repcolite Port City Paints, even Snyder Paints in Goshen, Indiana. Take some big commitment. People aren't going to hit all of those stores, so we're trying to give out hints. Now, last week, we gave out some brilliant hints. They were uh, pretty difficult. They were obscure, <laughs> but I wanted people to work for it. Uh-huh. 
Last year, we kind of gave you the answers. This year, we went a little more obscure, and I really regretted that because nobody understood what I was even talking about. Nope. So we've gone simpler. The first one is for the Plainfield Avenue location, and this soundbite says it all. We all know who that is, right? Well, they should. So So that is the cardboard cutout at the Plainfield Ab store. And we're going to go out to the music for the cardboard cutout who's at the Broadmoor Avenue store. So this theme music should mean something to you. This cardboard cutout is at Broadmoor Avenue. Head to RepcoLite.com. Open up that entry form that you can find from the homepage. You've got two answers, all right? We're going to give out more answers on the YouTube version of our show, so check that out too. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>